when I think about the psalm that uh, Paula read so well, that uh, is meditation on affliction. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, he said. And then he says, it was good for me to be afflicted that I might learn your law. And I'm not saying it's good for anybody to be afflicted or myself included in that number. (laughs) I prefer not to be afflicted. Um, I don't like affliction. Um, I never understood the the craze of affliction t-shirts that hit the uh, mid, uh, I guess the early 2010s. I'm not sure when that trend among young men was at its height, but it never made much sense to me. I'm not a not someone who enjoys affliction. Um, and yet it is those things that have uh, taught me who God was in my life. It's those things that have taught me who Jesus is for me. It is those afflictions that have taught me that the power of the Holy Spirit is in me. And so I too, with a psalmist, can say, it was good for me to be afflicted. And it is good for me to be afflicted. Not that I want that for me or for anybody else. But he is simply stating something that is one of the deep truths of the Christian faith, of the universe and everything all combined. And so when Isaiah, who is calling God's people back to the land, he's talking about the restoration. There's, there's joy in this. Um, and there's also this apocalyptic vision. He says that um, the this, this, this sword has come out of his mouth, um, even in his, in his mother's womb, that the sword was formed in his mouth. Now, last time I checked, babies in the womb don't say a whole lot, and yet God is making them, uh, making this child to have a sharp sword. So you can be sure that he's not just talking about Isaiah here, um, himself. He's doing what Isaiah often does, is to talk about himself and the Messiah who is to come. He is talking about something very short-term and also something very long-term. And when you get to the book of Revelation in the New Testament, the vision of John, you see another man with a tongue like a short, sharp sword, and that is Jesus who has that, um, like a pol- shot like a polished arrow from the quiver that is where he's been hidden away. This is the Messiah who comes into the world in a very hidden way the first time. You would not have recognized Jesus as the Messiah walking down the street. You would maybe not even recognize Jesus as the Messiah if you heard him preach or teach. Um, Certainly many, many, many people did not when they heard him preach and teach, when they saw him do miracles. And there, as he's crucified, no one steps up and says, this is wrong. We shouldn't be doing this. So um, you and I may not have been so perceptive then. Um, He's a hidden Messiah in his first arrival. And the second arrival that's talked about in John It's a very dramatic scene where everybody sees it uh, happening all at once. And so this um, being formed in the womb, I think um, humans are are prone to nihilism pretty easily. We're we're prone to when we're afflicted to say, well, screw it all. It's over. I'm done. Um, That's a really big part of temptation in my life. It's a temptation for a lot of us to say, that's it. I don't want any more of this. Um, And And Isaiah is saying that um, when you have those kind of moments where there's a crisis or a turning point, it's good to kind of look at who God made you to be in the womb before you had any gifts or skills or abilities, before you 
did anything good or did anything bad, before you had a failure or a success. All those things go back to this way God made us and got who God made us to be. And that should give us some hope as we say that, you know, I'm not here on this earth just for my own benefit. I'm here for, to help other people. And I need to know that and remember that every day. And so this, and then he ends this, this um, speech about this, not just himself, but about this Messiah who's coming um, by talking about the restoration of agriculture, which is a pretty big deal. Um, the whole human civilization depends on about 12 inches of topsoil, as someone said, um, that the, the ability to grow crops on the, the bare mountain heights is a pretty, um, it will change the world. It, it'll mean that more people have enough food to eat, especially in that time. He says that the prisoners come out. Um, this Messiah is, is someone who releases prisoners. We ought to follow our Savior Jesus and say, is our prison system working? Is it working, uh, is it working in any way to help people um, change their lives? And if it's not, maybe we need to think about something completely different, not to abandon the, um, the care of people that have, have committed crimes, but to help them find a better life. And this is the, this is the job of Jesus' followers, because Jesus, this Messiah, will come and set prisoners free. He's going to do that. And they're not going to hunger or thirst. And here I hear this echo of the New Jerusalem, where it says God will wipe every tear away from their eye. That, that the scorching wind or the sun shall not strike them down anymore. That we who are fragile humans, who are subject to the changes and chances of life, we're subject to hunger and thirst. We're subject to misery. We're subject to the scorching sun and the lack of water. We're subject to all these things that happen to human beings. And yet in that last day, when we are reunited with God in the fullness of that life with, that Jesus has called us to, all that is going to go away. We'll wipe every tear from our eyes. And there's a lot of tears in this life. Um, I've been crying more throughout this inauguration season and um, the emotional upheaval of, the, of a riot in our capital um, and all the things that are happening for uh, injustice in the world and in, around us. And even for what happened in the city of Austin uh, yesterday afternoon where a physician shot another physician and shot himself. Um, right, right here in our region. Um, these kinds of um, human tragedies ought to say, there's a lot of tears on this earth. And yet we are, one day those tears will be put away. And that is who, what Jesus came to do, to do that for you and for me and for all who have wept on this planet. Amen. Let's continue with a canticle.